If we were kings, once again coming at you here from the Star Chamber Studio, located in Southern California, just off the 405. I am here with executive producer, co-host Jason Rosenthal. Episode 17. And I am Mac, and we're the kings. 17. You can follow the show. This is new. You can follow the show on Twitter at if we were kings. And just so you know, this it's a Z at the end, not an S. At if we were kings with a Z. And as always, you can follow us personally on Twitter at Zar Rosenthal or Mac the Monarch. Also, you can follow Zar Rosenthal on Instagram. And as always, you can shoot us an email at if we were kings at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 310-735-0937. All right. So here's what we do here. For those of you just joining us, we take a topic and we go do research on it and we come back and we debate it. And just so we're clear, because we have an international audience, we use... Did you go Thurston Howell there for a second? Uh, an international audience. Wow. You just went Gilligan's Nobody's going to know what I'm talking about. We have a young, young audience. audience. They're not going to know what I just did. So Sorry. Google Gilligan's yeah. Island. Okay. So what male would you want to be on Gilligan's Isle? Because <sighs> it's Marianne over Ginger. Are you with me on that? Uh, yeah. 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 I think just right now, I know people go professor often. I think I want to be the skipper. Look how fat that guy is. Why he's is on he an so island. fat on an island? He's on an island. Coconuts. I don't know, but he's healthy. He doesn't seem to be suffering. You he's going to live longer because he's got more to burn. He has a chance with two of the ladies and he's <laughs> he eats well. That's who I'd like to be on a deserted island. There was how come there was never any romance on that show? Because it was, I want to say, early '60s, and it, you couldn't do that on TV. Hmm. Well, let's move on. Huh. So, what we do? We take a topic, we research it. It's U.S. data, but we tell you what we would do if we were kings and we were starting our own fictional kingdom. As always, we'll put it to you. There's a poll. At ifwewerekings.com. That's our webpage. Uh. All right. So what we do is we put a question before the crown. But before we do that, we take care of some old business like our poll. Jay? Yep. No cash bail. Our last episode, which we titled in post-production, Cash Bail or No Cash Bail? That is the question. The selected choices were Mac the Monarch. I will use a no-cash system because using money in an, is an injustice to the poor and minorities. Uh, Zar Rosenthal, I will use a cash bail system because in spite of its inequity, it is still, oh, I'm sorry, it still allows for those who might otherwise be held in a no-cash bail system. Um, Mac the Monarch, one 80% to 20%. That might be our biggest margin yeah, ever. Yeah, it's pretty big. Crushing. Four to one. <laughs> Just to devalue it a little bit. But yeah, you beat me. And you're on a roll. The current tab, as I need to update it to put you at six, three, and one in terms of decisions. In terms of decisions. Overall decisions. Based for... on the seven people right. who are consistent 
voting on our poll. So you basically you have the Maldives and <laughs> I've got um, America going. Sure. Whatever. I might want the Maldives personally. Yeah. Although well, they're going to be underwater. Very soon. All right, let's move on. All right. So great documentary. It is a great documentary. You want to plug it on Amazon Prime? What was it called? It was called the the Island President, I think. That's right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, usually we do new countries. We don't have any new countries, but we have the same country. So we appreciate everybody listening. And then we do shout outs. And I'm going to give you a shout out because I know it's somebody <laughs> who felt very connected to my argument. I believe agreed with me totally. Never wavered. That's Keith Fournier. And for those of you who know Keith Fournier, you know that Keith is very liberal-minded. <laughs> he, he probably had a very easy time listening to the episode. Keith, we love you. Yeah. God bless you. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, although I don't consider myself liberal per se. I'm this not doing All right, let's not do that. The next show. I maybe. reject labels. Right. It might be the next show. <laughs> All right, usually we do humbling mistakes, but we were perfect last time. Nice. And so what we do is we put our question before the crown. So our question before the crown, and we've told some people, and you and I have both had some very interesting reactions to this, as if this is actually something that should be debated and discussed. May I for a second? Of course. You know, we have a process in terms of developing the show and the topics that we discuss, and that process has become more fluid as the episode is now being on 17. Uh, we've, we've kind of honed it down. But this was a fun one because oftentimes... This was organic. Yeah. Well, oftentimes either Mac, the monarch, or myself, Zara Rosenthal, will just assume that there are certain topics that are not really debatable questions. And this right. was one of them. So right. when we posed it to each other, I said, what do you think about circumcision? And you I said, there's no argument there. Right. He goes, you shouldn't do it. And yeah. I said, well, yeah. <laughs> then we have a show because I think there's an obvious other side to it. So this is one of those that just came out of discussion that, you know, there's a lot of pockets in this country and in this world. And there's a lot of people. We forget about how broad and how big the audience can be for the show and just just the ideas we talk about, you know, with globalization, we're, we're interconnected now. So when we talk about these issues, it's not just our little bubble anymore. So I just found that to be interesting. We both did not think it was an issue that we could debate, but for the wrong reasons. Right. And so to be clear, it really is not an issue. Um, there are many the, – there's two sides to this. Um which is the correct side and the time. the mythological craziness of deniers of one sort or another. So, all right, so let's just give you a little uh, history on circumcision. Have we at any point actually said that's what we're doing? I said, what is your kingdom stance on circumcision? Okay, good. Go did ahead. I say that? I don't know if I did. I'm going to keep this in because yeah, because be I'm not sure. Yes, but one way or the Let other. Let me do a clear take. Go ahead. Now. What is your kingdom stance on circumcision? 
Let's give a little history here. First. So, as far as I can tell, the first hard evidence of circumcision in a culture when dates back Moses to about... Moses was in it goes before that, Egypt's land. T- Egypt, that's right. 2300 B.C., the Egyptians have evidence. They, they found um, in their mummies some evidence of circumcision. There's also some paintings that date centuries before that with circumcision. And then it started gaining more popularity in 1812 BC with your peeps, the Jews, who took circumcision to a new level and still do. And so their primary... As do many Muslim cultures. As their primary is... Uh, there's probably other verses, but one is in Genesis 17, 10 through 11. It says, every male child among you shall be circumcised and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. So it didn't have any real momentum in any other cultures in a large way. Um, the Christians, for the most part, rejected it. Uh, and then there's lots of reasons that it became uh, more accepted. The Victorian era, so around the 19th century, um, early Christians, British, started circumcising and it gained momentum and has ever since been more or less a cultural thing in certain parts of the world to now. Cultural and religious. Just to, I mean, I don't know if you can separate the two, but go ahead. Uh, right, I would agree. Yeah, I'm not all. sure that you can. Just a caveat. There's an interesting thing now because British um, circumcision, for example, is way down to about 4%. The U.S. is about 50% of men are circumcised. And Israel, of course, it's close to 100%. Um, but, go ahead. No, you, I just want to interrupt. Are you still... Uh, that's the background. Okay. I'm giving. Uh, when we discussed this, we wanted to make it exceptionally clear that we were not going to delve into, nor is it the same topic when we discuss male circumcision and female circumcision. That's so, right. just to be clear, this is not a discussion about female circumcision. Female circumcision is mutilation, and it is has serves no purpose other than to harm right. and and torture the people who are exposed to it. The statistic that I saw today that would just it just I actually really was actually moved. I couldn't believe more than 200 million girls and women alive today have been cut in 30 countries in Africa, the middle East and Asia where uh, genital mutilation is concentrated 200 million unnecessary. No, there's not talking about female circumcision. We are talking about the option of male circumcision in our kingdoms. Female circumcision is not up for debate. Well, so I'm glad you brought up option because there is no option for the infant in circumcision. I love how you are speaking for the born child. Not the unborn, but the born child. The born child. Yeah. Because I'm assuming that once you Are we going into this? Are you taking it first? Yeah, I'm starting. Okay. I'm going first. Okay. If you're a sentient human, that you have certain rights, right? As soon as you're born. John Locke thinks so. Well, yeah. Life, liberty, property. Enlightenment. Yeah. So let's just be clear. When we talk about options, there's not really options for the infant. So there is some data 
and this is what I'm sure you're going to argue because it's don't the only do that. Don't have. make that your suggests... own goddamn argument. Don't tell me what I'm going to say before I say it. I'm well, getting pissed off. It irritates me when you can't even make a cogent argument of your own before you attack me. I just want to be. It makes you angry that I have knowledge of the full argument. You speculate on what I'm going to say, and you know what happens when you assume. You done? I think. All right. Moving on without telling me what I'm doing. All right. So there's a couple things. So first of all, the medical evidence is not particularly absolute as far as recommending circumcision. The only organization that says there are more that I could find that says there are more benefits than negatives was the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics. Now, I just want to say here, they say that there are more benefits than the risk. They are not recommending it, though. So, I have a ton of organizations, which I'll save for my rebuttal, because I know you're going to have to say something, that is against it. A number, almost every Western culture, Western country, does not advocate for circumcision. And here is the argument of why we're not going to have it in my kingdom. Circumcision has become a cultural issue. It is not rooted in the science. The only reason in this nation probably is because of a cultural association with probably how it looks. And that is really... Probably that is not probably that is shallow. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Do you put male circumcision on the same level in terms of mutilation as as female circumcision? Yes. Really? I do. You you feel that it, it is un okay. You make your argument. Sorry. Because it is mutilation. There is no absolute scientific data that suggests your life is better because you are circumcised. And before you or anybody else makes the argument that says, um, for example, there are statistics about lower risk of penile cancer, which is incredibly low already. There's a couple other issues that it says it helps with. But we don't give appendectomies to babies. We don't take out their appendix when they're born because that appendix might being anecdotal. But go ahead. This is cute. Well, no, it, it, it's anecdotal to make a larger point, which is it is absolutely unnecessary. And the only reason that we do it is because of cultural issues linked to religious ideas. And those religious ideas are not ones that I believe in, mm-hmm. first of all. I think they are mythical. <clears throat> and this is actually the problem I have with religion is that these mythical ideas – Get into the culture and get taught and get accepted. We're talking about circumcision. Stay focused. We are. I am focused because this is all part of the problem. The only reason that people get circumcised in this country, people don't even think about it. They just circumcise their kid because that's the way it is. They don't necessarily think about the what it does to the child. It's incredibly painful, even if they give you anesthesia. Some people have described, say, some of my kids go to sleep. It's not true. It's actually shock. There are all sorts of risks of mutilation, 
deformities, um, in, infection. There are people who believe things that are not true. And so here, let me just tell you what to do. Here's the process. I just want to be clear. What they do to an infant is they take a blunt probe and they put it between the foreskin of the head of the penis and then they cut down and around the penis. Now, let me tell you what that tissue is like. That tissue is the same tissue that adheres your fingernails to your fingers. Now, you cannot tell me that that is excruciating pain. And there are actually studies that talk about the excruciating pain that babies go through because there is no anesthesia or local that totally blocks the pain. I think you're really hiding behind a different point here. I think you don't like circumcision because of the religious cultural basis of it. I think you're using this as a backdrop. I'm more than happy to admit that is absolutely the root. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about this. That's why. Okay, so I'll talk about that. It is why. Okay, so here I'm going to make a a strong statement. If your religion or anybody's religion advocates mutilating a baby, judgment, mutilating a baby because of your religious ideas, you've lost me. And let me let me put this in perspective. Why is so? Humans have been. You've been talking for a while. Okay, I'd like to get into me, last point. Humans have been walking the earth. In, in our current sort of state for between 100 and 200,000 years. So tell me, why did we exist for 98,000 years? With foreskin. With foreskin. And then God told us, hey, you should snip that off as a religious right. That seems confounding to me. Let me ask me. you a question. If, if, if you took religion out of this, and I actually could make a case here that made circumcision a medically beneficial procedure would it be less abhorrent to you it would be because as you know i always try to support the science but you're not going to be able to make that argument maybe not here. but you're not even going to let me try before you tell me i can't if you make a purely scientific argument i'm not saying i'm going to i'm open I'm not to saying that i'm going to make you your mind change your mind here but i am going to tell you that first of all you put a judgment on this idea of mutilation be honest for one moment when we talk about female circumcision we are literally talking about removing pleasure from the sex act for the rest of these women's life. I don't believe that that is the same consequence for a male. So let's not put them on a morally equivalent level. By saying circumcision is mutilation, I do think there needs to be a distinction between male and female. I do not think they're on the same plane. Your argument, I just want to make sure I understand your argument. Go ahead. Your argument is because of sexual pleasure. No, I... I th- yeah, actually it is because but the entire no purpose of doing it is uh, – listen, there, there, I could get really detailed What is the this. entire purpose of doing it? It's to remove the sexual pleasure from the woman, period. No question. What is the reason for doing it for a man? Well, that's where we're going to get to, but but I didn't – I would argue it's the exact – okay. it is a religious – But I'm telling you that the consequence to a woman is much greater than to a man. Man, men are still able to recover and enjoy the sex act. Women do not because of it. They're not in the same plane. That's my only issue. Okay. I, okay. That one point I, get I will give you. Thank you. Okay, cool. Um, you're right. Circumcision has become a Judeo-Christian Western religion. You, you can't. You're about to say something. I can see it. 
I was just about to say thanks for listening, everybody. I win. <laughs> uh, you're right. The basis was Judeo-Christian. I don't think we have any major, other than the wall paintings in Egypt in the ancient times, I don't think we have anything other than what we're talking about. Abraham's covenant with God, biblical Genesis, anything that was mentioned before. But oftentimes, in spite of what causes something to occur, the the consequences of that happening can be beneficial. It can be. So now bear with me for a moment. You admitted yourself, even though these are not major numbers, that there are benefits to being circumcised in terms of cleanliness. I will say to you, the same group that you mentioned, the AAP, are a bunch of wussies because they will not come out and take a stance. They don't want to rock the religious conservatives who would be pissed off if they said don't circumcise. They want to say don't circumcise, but they won't do it. I just wish that they were lukewarm if we're going to stay with the biblical references. They would not take a stance. (laughs) I would say that they, they've taken the strongest stance out of anybody that I've read. Okay. Which which actually was probably – a lot of the critique was it was financially motivated. They were they, – neutral was basically what they were. Fair to say? No, they, they said it has – they actually came out in 2012. It says it has more benefits. It. What? If you don't recommend it – listen, you're looking they for They just said it has approval. more benefits. Sure. It's worth the risk. But, but not worth a stamp of approval. Right. Which is why it's actually not covered by insurance. You have to go to a that, third – Okay, so that's yeah, also interesting. We're going off on tangent. I'll go come ahead. back to that. Sorry. 38 of 50 states we'll talk about. Um, easier hygiene, less urinary tract infections, less risk of STDs, less risk of – I had just learned about this – phimosis, the inflamed head of the penis, mm-hmm. and a reduced – amount of penile cancer. Now, these are not really the, the things I wanted to talk about. Because these are already pretty low Yeah, numbers. so here's the one that I think is going to make a big impact with you. Here's the one that I think is going to get you. There was a study done in Africa. 800 individuals. Four. Let me finish. I know the 400 study. were circumcised and 400 weren't. 50% less contraction of HIV AIDS in those who were circumcised. Mm-hmm. The the evidence was so overwhelming that they halted the clinical trials because it became, and I quote, it is unethical and unnecessary to continue to not circumcise. So I'm going to say to you that in this example where the study is starting to show that there are health benefits, that there is a reduced contraction of HIV AIDS in men who are circumcised. Yeah. I don't want to make it about religious covenant, I still think the health benefits are there in spite of its origin. So can I ask a question? Yeah. I read this book that said if you wear a condom, that actually STDs get reduced. Okay. So I don't know that I need to cut the foreskin off of a man's penis for that. Except for you don't live in Africa, my friend, and right. you make an assumption that what you have is So why do we have to go to, to the worst thing? No, I'm not going to the worst thing. I'm going to the one group that was studied and showing some data I read that in study. circumcision. You know how hard it is to get some deep circumcision knowledge? I know. That's so relevant? I, I read that study. <laughs> so it's an important piece here. So I'm saying— It's not an important piece. It's a piece. It's Yes. So I just told you that even though the numbers are small— you can even acknowledge there are health benefits, small, minor ones in cancer and phimosis and all these other things. And I'm bringing data to the table that says in African males, it is starting to show a reduction in the transmission of STDs. And it doesn't matter if condoms would help because if it's not making a difference in the reduction of STDs, 
We should cut their penises. No, don't do that. You make you used to coach. You make it sound like one thing, one moment of pain is the worst thing that's ever going to happen to you. No, you recover. What? It's not what. Listen, this is not just little cute pinprick pain. This is prick was <laughs> unintended pun. This is incredible pain. Because and, and listen, and I'm going to be a jerker because the kids report back how bad it is. Nobody has a. They've done studies. They've done studies that it causes pain, but it's not like there's any kind of traumatic There was a study effect. that the Canadian doctors did. They, and, of course, if you do a study, you have to have a control group. Which is my, right? mine had a control. Which I was, know it yeah. did. And they, they did infant circumcision. Yes. And what became obviously clear to them is that the babies without anesthesia mm-hmm. having getting circumcised were in excruciating pain to the point where they felt – ethically obligated to stop the study because it was so clear that the pain was excruciating. You could say that that is subjective as, as much as you could say my study is subjective. Here's the problem with honest. yours. Causation, you're making a logical fallacy. Causation is not correlation. You, I'm because using the this only happened, data available. I know you are. You can, you can say what you want no, about you're right. it. You're there's using no the only argument, data available. There's no argument about me saying or, or t- I'm not going to take a stance against what you're saying because if you're saying it, it's, it's, there's no covert action here. I'm using what's available. It's not That's meant to point. be coercive. I know. Well, Okay. It's not meant to be coercive. No, it's, it's not. data. But this is my point, is that that's probably the only thing you have. So tell me why this is a factual anomaly. What did you say? What did you I said it's a logi- the argument's why a logical, is a logical fallacy. fallacy and yours isn't. Because causation doesn't equal correlation. Because but this happens doesn't mean— Explain to me it's mean different in your study. You're, Explain to me how that's different in your study. Explain to me how your study is different from mine, please. My study is clear that the inf- that here's my argument. We're arguing two different things. Okay. My argument is is that it is mutilation. Yep. That it is unnecessary mutilation. It's religiously based mutilation, which in for me yeah. is unnecessary. And the health hazards that you described mm-hmm. are all preventable in other ways. I hear you. So the it's the cost benefit here is one moment loss of foreskin or a lifetime of condoms. Is that what we're really talking about? Because we're looking – in my argument, I'm trying to reduce the, the spread of HIV AIDS, okay? And if circumcision helps that, why would I not do that? Because it's mutilation. That's what you're going to say. Because education – right? So this is – the issues in Africa – Childbirth is extremely painful, but the idea – one's necessary and one isn't. I know what you're going to but, – but just because it's painful doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It is mutilation, Jason. It's mutilation to women. I'm I'm not sure it's mutilation of men if it has a health benefit. All right, so let me rephrase this then so we can kind of get You just don't like that I get you there. No, you don't have me. Tell me, <laughs> in what cultural situation do you want to exist? In what society do you want to exist where someone says after a natural healthy childbirth, "Hey, let's Cut the foreskin off of a child who has no say, mm-hmm. no rights, okay. which actually it does have rights. Okay. But because of our religious viewpoints, which are not sound. Keep going. I'm, I want to get in That here. you say, yes, let's do that. Remember John Popovich? Remember when we talked about vaccinations? I would love to hear from John My on point this. of bringing John up is that he basically said you give children inoculations because they can't advocate for themselves. 
So you can give a baby a shot. What baby is going to advocate asking, for his foreskin? To well, be cut if off? you're going to get AIDS, if the, if you can see into the future, no, you're going to get AIDS later because you're having unprotected sex. So maybe you would do it. If you get a circumcision, you're not going to get AIDS. That's your it argument. Ha- it is a fifty percent reduction in a study that has been read that might actually show some benefits. You just don't like it because it takes away from your ability to be indignant about no. religion. No, I don't like it. Because there are other ways to stop the epidemic of AIDS besides mutilating a child. That's why I don't like it. Do not conflate the issue. The issue is, I am sure that study is What is is your kingdom stance on circumcision? Good time to wrap it up, so go ahead and make that stance. That's the issue. No, they're all... First of all, that's the issue. Why isn't AIDS the issue? Why is it that people are having sex that and are getting AIDS? That's the the issue. It's not circumcision. Make the show. The show is this. It's very clear. I will not advocate for circumcision. I will certainly do everything I could not to make it a cultural stance. Religious beliefs are not an excuse for mutilation. In fact, that cultural idea is the same reason that there is female genital mutilation. Ooh, the you only want to talk thing, about conflating. The only thing that is different that is a, a nice rationalization. Move. The only thing that's different is a rationalization. Okay. That's it. Uh, my stance is, uh, what is your stance on circumcision? I am not going to dictate anything to my kingdom, but much different than the AAP, which are a bunch of wussies. I will recommend circumcision in my kingdom because of the health benefits. That's crazy. Not because of the religious benefits, not because of any kind of religious background. The idea that if there's a possibility of saving people's lives well, and not having crazy. them get AIDS. People die. Kids die every year people from her too, but this they one die. moment is they the die worst thing from that's ever happened to him. You want to talk about small percentages? For God's sake, you are small. using right. the most minute. You're right. It could be minute. zero, though. Listen, you it have freedom in my kingdom, but you want to know your a country, king recommends getting circumcised. You want to know a country came out against it? Finland, <laughs> the Netherlands, Canada. Where, uh, you got amendments? Amendments. 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 Any amendments? Are no, I that? am going to stick by this. You don't this. believe that. I know you don't believe I that. I do. We're going to get off air, and you're going to say, no. all right. Hey, we're out of here. We'll be back in a second for segment two. I win again. Not this time. This is our free balling segment. This is where we just take something we talked about two seconds ago, decided to have a discussion about it. Sometimes we argue, sometimes we don't, and uh, but we don't research it. We just kind of go off the top of our heads. And so our question for this one is, how do we get young people 
more involved in the voting process, Jay? Uh, we're going to show a, or play a little clip in a second, but uh, just to reemphasize the point that was made a second ago, in the 2016 election, 18 to 29-year-olds, approximately 50% of those who could vote did. So one out of two young people. And based on the trends of midterm elections and 18 to 24-year-olds, it's projected that no more than 30%, probably closer to 20% of 18 to 24-year-olds will vote in the midterms. That's pretty abysmal. So we're discussing this today because we would actually like to maybe flush out or at least see if there are any legitimate options in trying to get young people out to vote. They they are obviously not feeling enfranchised. And so just so we're clear, because we've all heard about the millennials and we're not here to bash them right now, to bash them right now. We're, we're sometimes they need to be bashed. But they this do is not the moment. They, they are fairly bashed. But this is not the moment. And fairly bashed. Right. So, <laughs> so what, how do we change that? That's what we're going to talk about. Hopefully. So uh, this video was sent to us by a loyal, if not the most loyal listener, Carly Schultz. Uh, so take a listen. Video about voting. Dear young people. Don't vote. Don't vote. Everything's fine the way it is. Trump. That was us. He's our guy. Tax cuts for the rich? <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm rich as f- Climate change? That's a you problem. I'll be dead soon. Sure, school shootings are sad. But I haven't been in a school for 50 years. I can't keep track of which lives matter. Sure you don't like it. So, you'll like some meme on Instagram. If the weather is nice, maybe you could go to one of those little marches. You might even share this video on Facebook. But you won't vote. You young people never do. But I do. I do. I do. Midterms, primaries. Every single election. We'll be there, but you won't. Because we're a generation of doers. Not whiners. And we're doing great. That was brought to you by a group called Knock the Vote. And it kind of reemphasizes the point we were making before about, you know, not not to lambast millennials, but they were. Yeah. And and they're making the point that you just keep staying away. Uh, we're doing fine without you being at the polls. Right. So the critique against millennials is that they whine and they complain about things. And yet we have all sorts of data that supports and says they're also not doing the things as simple as voting to, to have their voice heard in order to have some change. So the question, again, for free balling is yep. how, do we, uh, how do we get young people to vote? So you said you've been thinking about this and you have some ideas. What do you got? So, again, we are teachers. Yep. We, we are around young people all the time. Mm-hmm. And those people, the kids that I have right now, will are registering to vote. And they are the 18-year-old who start this process. And again, obviously the kids that I have are not necessarily the nation as a whole, but I do, we do have these students and there's an apathy. Mm-hmm. There is a lack of an enfranchisement or feeling like they're actually part of a political system or even being concerned with the political system. A lot of this generation and this voting group has been coddled. So I feel like it's not something that they feel has an impact on them. But like that video just mentioned, uh, it has a huge impact. It has a huge impact. And, and it's always funny to me. Uh, I had a, a side note here. I had a friend who always used to tell me you should buy lottery tickets when nobody's buying them because you have a better chance of winning. 
because everybody buys them when right yeah much like that this idea it's it's the inverse of what happens with voting because the things that affect people the most more often than not are state local and city voting decisions. They're the ones that really don't have a day-to-day impact on your lives and people don't really pay attention to it. That's another show. But it's the inverse. People vote less in the things they should probably be voting more. Right. The midterms are not sexy. The midterms don't have a presidential candidate. They have weird propositions. People don't like to have to think about it. But here is my premise. How do you get young people out to vote? You got to piss them off. You have to make a group of people angry. And I mention this as a philosophy, not because it's so profound, but that's what got Trump's voters out. It's it was it was not anger, it was fear. Yeah. It was well, this idea true. of fear. Sure. You need to make the kids angry and afraid. Here here's the thing though. So you know what I, I'm saying? I do, and the I agree. Issues with you. need to make them so scared and so mad that they actually do something about it. Have it affect their 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 uh 5G status on their phone. Have it affect – no, no, seriously. Right. Yeah. What is the collateral here? So here's the thing. So I agree with you. People came out and voted for for Trump for a myriad of reasons, one of them being yeah. a, a fear of yeah. losing their identity of what the country is, right? If the millennials' identity, which has been reinforced, is that they are – lazy, then how do we how do you provoke change a group of lazy that? People? Yeah, because that's our identity. And here's the other thing I worry about. I think some of that's going to happen naturally, but I'll, go ahead. Right. I'm just hoping that it happens soon because I'm getting older. <laughs> and if I have to wait until they're my age, I'm going to be long gone. We're going to be those old people on the video in a couple years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So there are some serious issues that need to be addressed that they are the ones who are going to have to do it. So here's the thing. You keep, you're, you're dancing around this idea of they need to be concerned about the well, things we all that do. are going to impact them personally. So here's my point. But there's, they don't have any feeling that it's going to impact them. Right. So I read an article in my class by Malcolm Gladwell in my AP class called Small Change. And he talks about social media and how people say it's great, how it's created movements and so on and so forth. And he does this whole explanation and he uses um, some research from a professor at Stanford, it's not people don't get involved in things because of social media and so on. What he concludes is that social media is very low investment. People get involved in things because they feel directly affected, connected and affected. Yeah. Then that is the sole reason. You know, talking about this, forgive me, can I? Yeah, good. No, that's it. Uh, as we go to tape yesterday, there were discussions by the president uh, of an executive order which would take away birthright status for future citizens in this country, which would be a dramatic, dramatic thing. And I mention this because that's the type of thing, something so dramatic that it starts to affect their families, their friends. The consequences of that thing are so dramatic that it would have – and so it's a shame that we have to get to this point. But it needs to be something that impacts them directly, makes them afraid for themselves or those they love. And again, I don't even know if it's able they're able to have something other than themselves. So what are those things, though? Like, I mean, we're just sort of talking platitudes here. What What is the thing? I can't tell you I what know, matters. See, I mean, we have... If you're a millennial, tell us what the hell matters because you're not voting and it doesn't... I, the ambivalence is pretty bad. The UN, so you just talked about the amendment that they're talking the about. The 14th Amendment. 
right? Um, the UN came out with the climate control study that said by 2030, some of these we are things two minutes away from are D-Day. irreversible. Um, right, the uh, the doomsday clock. Right, yeah, two minutes off. Uh, we have there are some serious economic these are things issues they should be concerned with, and they're that not. are absolutely applicable to their lives, but they don't have any kind of understanding because they feel detached from it. They have the capacity to be detached, which goes back to something I think you were initially going to say about family. So that's exactly where I was going, which is this. If I were to, and this isn't a solution, but this is an observation, and it is supported by research. Jonathan Haidt, specifically, who's an NYU professor, I've gone down his rabbit hole here (laughs) big time. He says that helicopter parents have now become bulldozer parents, where kids don't learn to fail because parents are protecting them so much. They don't make their own decisions. Right. And I'm not I'm not putting blame here. I'm just trying to find solutions, uh, which is okay what I am. It. Let your kids fail. Let it's okay. They scrape their knees. Let them get up. Let them go deal with their teachers and ask hard questions. Let them go have some unsupervised time. That let doesn't them, let them have let them crises grow, and yes. get over them. We're not. I don't want tragedy in their no, life. But we need to understand how to get up. You cannot be successful, and and their sites without some failure. I you must fail fifty, a hundred, five hundred thousand times. I think there's a coddling here. I think and there is, but but I don't know if that's really what we're talking about. Just getting back to what we're talking about, though. How do you get people to vote? You can't affect the coddling we're talking about overnight. So that's a, that's a systemic parental issue. If you're really trying to provoke people to get out, you need to make it so it hurts them to the point that they care enough to vote. Here's the problem. I agree with you. My worry is this. By the time that it hurts them, we will be in such a bad deep situation. crisis. Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to play on fear. I do believe this, that it'll be too late to make an impact with the vote. The, it will take forever to repair, and people like you and I um, are going to have a situation that will be very difficult, and their situation, your kids, will be incredibly difficult. Yep. And and that's what's going to happen because people are reactive and live in our country right now. It's, that's what I think. Can I end on a lighter note? Uh, please. Well, the idea here is that every generation thinks theirs is the last. So let's – we, we, I'm not we, a fatalist. No, I know, but that was a pretty fatal thing – to say, not to say that you're trying to demean anything. It's just that you're saying it's pretty. It looks pretty bad for the next generation. We there yeah. are things that surprise us. There Stop are identity politics. Stop <laughs> do it. being coddled. <laughs> Go out and fail. Get you know. Have hard conversations. Authenticity ha- is more important than so. Here's peace and harmony. I had a heart issue a couple of years ago. It had an impact on my life. Mm-hmm. It's made me change. That's why we're my, here. My impression on a lot of things. You know, um, we're stupid as people and we, it's, and I was, I'm stupid. Yeah. We're we need certainly to stupid. be slapped in the face sometimes yeah. before. And it's a shame that that happens yeah. myself included. I'm not going to bash that whole generation, but the quipping idea, offended, quipping offended, do something about it and don't, shut your mouth until you do. <laughs> and memes don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. No, we're really going to come off as old codgers today. We are. Yeah. But that's a, bit, but we're not wrong. No, I want to see young people vote. My direct influence with students is, are these this population. It's the most important group 
the midterms are important. Having your voice heard makes you so one respected, last, and you should get out there. So please, let me give you an uplifting thing because I just read this. As bad as the millennial generation is, this next generation they think is going to be worse. Oh, great! Yeah. So I just want to get the uplifting stuff out. So there. we solved nothing. We've solved nothing. Well, we knew that. So hey. We want to make everyone feel good. That was a little bit of a downer. Uh, you know, hopefully you and I will be okay because I vote. <laughs> yes, much yeah. like the old people in the video. And I don't I, have kids, I vote so too. I don't have to worry about that generation. I can worry about me, which is what I do anyway. Uh, you know, just as a little tag here at the end, do you think people's votes should have different weight? No. You don't think that my vote's more important than an 18-year-old no. who has no idea? You really you want to go back I'm to class? No, 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 Britain. no. But, but I think we understand what I'm saying here is that there's an educated vote and there's an uneducated vote, and they're equal. But there's a lot more uneducated voters. This we talk about Jim Crow laws. You want people to no, have a literacy? Not at all. Don't do that. All right. I said levels. I didn't say you can't vote. I think my vote is the most important vo- vote. As it's do only you. one, and we cancel uh, each is, other out sometimes. It's only one for now. Until we... Until... Because I'm doing a little secret. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. There's a little... Well... Russia listens to us. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. All right? Segment three. Can I hit you with this? Hit me. So, every tradition, religious tradition, Jay, has a a, a ceremony that converts have to go through, Uh and they're often different for... Children uh-huh. than they are adults. Uh-huh. What I'm curious about, uh-huh. Jay, is because you converted to Judaism technically uh-huh. as an adult. What did what does a male person uh-huh. who is converting to Judaism have to do God, as one out. of their last uh, rites? <laughs> I guess. Can you tell us? Yeah, there is a since rit- we just talked about circumcision. There Go. is a ritualistic uh, mikvah or bath, uh-huh. which is very important. Um, there's something else I'm, I'm neglecting. It's the prick. There is a ritualistic, oh. uh, the ri- ritualistic, uh, circumcision. That goes along uh, with what, what does that, what do you have, what did you have to do? Uh, they have to draw blood. From your... Good night, everybody! Genital, from your sh- Good night, everyone! Oh, that's great.